Hello, and welcome to episode 10 of the Love Yourself Lab Pod. I'm Jess, and I'm so excited to be here because this 10th episode is a pretty big deal for me. So when I first said, I think I want to start recording this podcast, it was just for me to do something in quarantine. I never really planned on releasing it. It was just a way for me to do something I was passionate about and have this little passion project while I had nothing better to do. And the more excited I got about it, the more I started sharing bits and pieces with friends and family members. And they said, Jess, why don't you actually release this? And I wasn't sure that I wanted to actually commit to having a podcast and all of the things that go into it. So I made kind of an agreement with myself that if I recorded 10 episodes, I would start to release them. So here we are, um, getting ready to release the first episode. Obviously, this episode is being released a few months later or being recorded a few months before you guys are hearing it now. But I'm so excited about it as I'm recording this. And I just want to say a quick thank you to all of my friends and family who have shown me so much support as I've been going through this process. And thank you to you guys, the listeners, for being patient with me as I figure out, you know, how I want to do this and while I find my voice and as I figure out my footing as I go into this process. So thank you so much for bearing with me. This has just been so much fun for me to do. And I'm so excited to continue moving forward with it with an audience in mind. So yeah. (laughs) Before we get started with today's episode, the last two weeks, you guys got to hear an interview that I did with my good friend, Rayana Reagan. And I just loved hearing her perspective so much because she's obviously been in the self-love game for a long time as well. And even though she was kind of going through a tough time when we did our interview, she shared some really great advice and insights. So if you missed the last two episodes, I definitely recommend going back and giving them a listen because she's just awesome. This week, we're talking about a topic that's been highly requested by my friends and family members, which is how self-love plays into romantic love. I was honestly kind of surprised at how many people asked me to do an episode on this because I have a reputation of being anti-love and for not believing in love. It's a running joke with my friends. But let me just start off by assuring you guys that is completely untrue. I'm very pro-love. I have a podcast with the word love in the title. I love love. What I am is anti-settling. I don't believe in settling in love or in anything else at all. And I'm anti-rom-com. I just think they promote sticking it out through toxic relationships and they give people an unhealthy idea of what romance should look like. So my friends say, oh, Jess doesn't believe in love because when we have our movie nights, you can typically hear me scoffing and making comments throughout the movies. But I do. I very much believe in love and I believe everyone deserves to find and feel love. Here's the thing. I'm not an expert on romance. I don't claim to have all the answers. I myself have been single for two years. But I very strongly believe that when I do enter my next romantic situation, whenever that is, whether it's tomorrow or another two years from now or, you know, who knows, I'll be ready to make the most out of that experience because of all the self-love work I've done. I think romantic love and self-love are just so much more similar than people think they are. And that's what we're going to be focusing on today. So I'm not a love guru. I can't tell you what your romantic life and partner should look like. But I can tell you the value of having self-love in any and all romantic situations. And so I will. So I said self-love and romantic love are similar. And that's an idea I've talked about in other episodes too. And there are a few reasons I say this. One is that those types of love are given and received in very similar ways. 
You can learn a lot about how to love someone else from how you love yourself and vice versa. You can show love to yourself in the same ways you show love to a partner. You can show love to yourself even if you have flaws you haven't accepted yet, just like you can love a partner who has flaws. You can love yourself as you are and still push yourself to be better in the same way you can for a romantic partner. Whatever conditions you've placed on or removed from one kind of love can be placed on or removed from the other as well. I also say they're similar because what you allow in a romantic situation is typically a direct reflection of how you're feeling about yourself. If you allow your partner to treat you poorly, typically this is because deep down you don't feel you deserve better. Or if you have a really loving and ideal relationship, it's because your love cup is being filled not only by your partner, but by yourself. So you're never feeling unworthy or undeserving of that love. And the last similarity I'll touch on before we move on is that both require work. Really all kinds of love require work. Even the best relationships need some effort to maintain, and that's true for all our relationships, with ourselves and with others, even in a friendship setting. So there are a lot of ways they play into each other, and the way you practice one will have an impact on the other. When we acknowledge these similarities, it makes it so much easier to grow both in a healthy way. I hear a lot of people say that you have to love yourself before you love someone else. I feel like that's a pretty common belief when it comes to self-love and romantic love. I think what they mean is that we shouldn't seek validation or security outside of ourselves if we can't find it within. And I fully agree with that. But I just disagree with the saying as a whole because we've talked so many times about self-love being a journey and how there will never be any ultimate pinnacle of self-love where you just love yourself unwaveringly forever. So I feel like the wording of that message makes it sound like you can't go out there and find love until you've achieved something that's impossible. Now, I am still a huge advocate for having an incredibly strong sense of self before entering any romantic situation, because as I said before, our romantic endeavors are typically a reflection of how we feel about ourselves. So we can have more successful, loving, happy relationships when we feel those things on our own. This is kind of like what we were talking about last week with manifestation. When we align ourselves with that energy, that's what we attract. And knowing what we want and how we want to feel will have a greater positive impact on our love lives than not knowing. Also, when we don't know what we want, how are we supposed to know if our partners are even fulfilling that for us? So having a strong sense of self is important, but having a complete permanent love for ourselves before entering that situation is just not possible. I think what people should say instead of we have to love ourselves before we love anyone else is that we need to establish what's important to us and what we deserve before we love anyone else. Okay, so I want to go back to what I was saying before about how I'm anti-settling because settling is one of the main points I wanted to address on this episode. It's honestly so wild to me how we can see our worth and know we're deserving in our careers, in pursuing our passions, and in our friendships even but how often we forget it when it comes to self-love and romantic love. We all deserve the kind of love, both from ourselves and from others, that makes us excited to live our lives. But I see so many people settle for less. And granted, I know it's easier to see it and know it's settling from the outside than to be in that situation. But sometimes our gut is screaming at us to get out and we stick around or continue our patterns anyway. This is why having a strong foundation for who we are and what we want for ourselves is so important. Because when we finally realize that what we have or what we're doing isn't working for us, it gives us the courage to walk away or try something different. It's having the self-respect to know that if something isn't meant for you, you can leave it behind. 
If your situation isn't making you feel the way you want to be feeling, or maybe it is, but not to the degree you imagined it would, don't settle for that. Feel empowered enough to walk away, to understand that something just might not work for you and that that's okay. I read this thing recently, one of those Instagram quote things, and it made me smile and I just felt like sharing. And it's something like, come in hot for yourself. Lukewarm is no good. So my message to y'all is don't settle for lukewarm anything when you could have something that's really fire. (laughs) On the other hand, knowing yourself means knowing what's right for you. And what's right for you won't be the same as what's right for anyone else. When it comes to self-love, we all logically acknowledge that there's no such thing as a perfect person. And that doesn't mean we don't want to be the best versions of ourselves or that we don't want to push ourselves. But then we get so caught up in comparisons that we get lost in the pursuit of perfection rather than what's ultimately more important, our own happiness and well-being. Doing the things that make us happy are far more important than doing the perfect things in a perfect way because that's what's going to feel the best and grant you a life you're excited about and that you can really thrive in. And when we're looking for a partner, we should be looking for the same thing. Someone who's going to make us happy, not someone who's perfect. Because again, we all know the perfect person doesn't exist. So the perfect romantic situation can't exist either. Fulfillment doesn't exist in perfection. It exists in happiness. Don't settle for less, but don't overcomplicate it by looking for more. You deserve that happiness in both yourself and in a partner. When we believe we're not deserving, it completely changes our outlook on love. I was recently having a conversation with a friend of mine, and she told me she wasn't sure what she brings to the table in relationships. It was heartbreaking to hear this, not only because I feel like my friend has so much to offer, but because I've definitely felt that way before. I told her what I finally had to realize for myself when I was feeling insecure about this, that it's not up to us to decide if what we bring to the table is valuable. It's up to us to build the best table we can and make it our own, something we're proud of. It's the job of the potential partner to look at our table and think, oh, I like what this table has to offer, and then they can push their table up next to ours if they want, and also if they have a table we like too. Does that make sense? I feel like it did in the beginning, and then the metaphor kind of got away from me in the end. But the point is, the right person will see us as valuable regardless. Our job is to just be ourselves and to focus on the things that make us feel good. And that's why we need self-love and romantic love. Also, side note before we move on. Why are we so obsessed with people liking us? Shouldn't we decide if we like the person? What did they bring to the table that's valuable to you? Anyway, sorry, I just have a lot of feelings about this stuff and I needed to, I needed to say that quickly. <laughs> so I have a task for you guys and I think it's something to really be aware of and know about yourself, whether you're single or in a relationship. Call it another journal prompt question, if you will. I want you to make a list of everything you want in a partner, but not like, I want someone who's tall with brown eyes and caring. I mean a list of everything you want to feel in that relationship. Happy should be the first thing on that list. Let me just start you off. I'll tell you a few things that are on my list just so you guys can get a better idea of what I'm talking about. And I have my notebook right here. Um, This is just a few things on my list. I want someone who inspires me, someone who makes me feel heard, someone who makes me feel giddy and funny. So... Try not to focus on the characteristics this person has, but rather how they make you feel. Because at the end of the day, the person who's going to make you feel all the feelings you want is by default going to have a lot of the traits you admire because you wouldn't be feeling those things like, for me, inspired, giddy, heard, from someone that doesn't already embody the traits I admire inherently. And a person could have all these traits that we think are good traits 
and can still not make you feel like the feeling you're looking for. Okay, I wasn't going to tell this story, but since it's on topic, I feel like I can't not share it. So I said early in the episode I've been single for two years, and that's true, but I've dated in those two years. I just haven't been in a relationship. I decided early on in my single life, I was totally content being single, and I am totally content being single, but if someone were to come into my life, they would need very specific characteristics in order for me to feel like it was worth giving my time and attention to. So the first time that I kind of made a list of the traits that I wanted a person to have, I thought, okay, I want someone who lives about two to three hours away. Because at the time, I thought that physical distance meant I could maintain my independence. And two to three hours seemed far enough that I could do that, but close enough that they would be there for when I really needed them. I said I wanted someone who's easygoing, someone who's really into me, and someone who's super adventurous. And two weeks after I kind of put that out into the universe, I find this person who checks off everything on my list. And I thought, wow, this is so crazy. He's everything I asked for. But as we were dating, I started to realize he was exactly what I asked for, but he wasn't what I wanted. So when things ended with him, I tried to modify my list and try again. So the things that I liked about our relationship, I said again, but I added some things like I wanted someone who was tall and you know, I got a little bit more specific about looks. I'm really into the nerdy lumberjack vibe. So I said, I wanted someone like that. I wanted someone who was super smart. I wanted someone who actually lived pretty close to me because I realized at this point I can maintain autonomy without having to create that physical distance. And I was just in the mood to spend lots of time with a person. And I wanted someone who liked me, but not quite as much as the last guy had liked me because the last guy liked me a little too much. And sure enough, two weeks later, I ended up meeting a guy who met all of those qualifications. He was a Stanford grad who was going to law school, so intelligent. I really loved and cherished to this day the conversations that he and I had. Tall, lumberjack vibes, lived five blocks from me, which was so funny. But I realized very early on that something was still missing. I still wasn't having the feelings that I thought I would have, even though I'd really been specific about the things I thought I wanted. And that's when I realized what I wanted was to feel a certain way. So when things ended with this guy and I was ready to move on again, I once again kind of thought, okay, universe, I'm so good being single, but I would consider dating a person if they made me feel inspired, if they made me feel interesting, if they made me feel curious and cared about. And I had this whole list of things that I wanted to feel from the next person I dated. And then sure enough, a few weeks later, I met the next person I dated and he made me feel all of the things that I had asked to feel. And it was awesome. And it was so reassuring that when I'm asking for the right things, I get the things I'm looking for. Now, this was during the pandemic and he lived kind of far away. So after talking for a few months, we just didn't end up taking things any further, but it just It was so reassuring to feel like I'd found the answer. So what I learned from those experiences is that I can find someone who makes me feel all the things I want to feel when that's what I'm focusing on. And when I pair that with my self-love and my strong sense of self, I feel empowered and like I can be the version of myself I want to be. And I genuinely believe that we can all feel this way and be really happy and fulfilled between the love we have for ourselves and the love we have for others. And that's all I want for us. And that's why I thought it was a good idea to do an episode on this topic. So 
In conclusion, never settle for any love that's less than you deserve in self-love, romantic love, whatever the case may be. And really know what it is you want so you know what to aspire towards. At the end of the day, it's your life and it's up to you to take advantage of every opportunity to make it feel as amazing as possible. And hopefully I said something that makes you feel like you can grow your self-love and or romantic love situation in a productive way. And also hopefully I've kicked my reputation of being (laughs) anti-love. That's all I have for you today. Make sure you follow us on IG at loveyourselflab and you can find me at Jessica Lauren Curve. Thank you so much for listening and I still can't believe we made it to 10 episodes. So thank you to everyone who made that possible. I'm so excited to continue on this journey with you all. Have an amazing rest of your day and I'll chat with y'all some more next week. Bye.